Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and what a busy week it's been since the last podcast we recorded. A new manager for Cardiff City and Wales of course have qualified for the European Championships next year. This week I'm joined by Ben Price and Dan Moffat. How are you both? Good evening guys, how are we? Not bad dude, everyone good? Yes, yeah, not all good. Bad. not too bad. Well boys, I know that... Uh, Whenever Baker's hosting, he likes to start you off with a, uh, a would you rather. I'm not going to do that, but I do have a question that I'd like to pose to both of you. If you could take any two former Cardiff players in their prime and stick them in this squad, who would they be? But I have conditions. One player can be a star player, an obvious choice, you know, a Chopra, Bothroyd, Bellamy. The other one has to be a wild card, a Lee Naylor or a Paul Quinn. Ben, what do you think? A uh, star player has to be, uh, for me, in the squad we've got now is Jay Bothroyd. Um, goals can hold the ball up well when he can be asked. Um, he'd be my star player. I'm trying to think, random player. Well, Dan, should we get Dan's star player and then we come Go back on, to him. yours? Yeah, star player would be would be one of Chopper or Bothroyd, the goals in the team we've been lacking again this season. So yeah, one of those two definitely. But my star player, slightly different. I'm going to go for Jason Kumat in that loan season. Bit more creativity, get on the ball, lovely. What about your wild card, Ben? Um, I'm going to go for uh, Peter Capaldi. Uh, yeah, Capaldi. Tony Capaldi. To- Tony Capaldi, not Peter Capaldi. <laughs> you want Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get yeah, Doctor Who. That would be a wild card. Yeah, chuck a Time Lord in there. Why not? Just a bit of competition for Bennett, or do you think he's better than Bennett? No, I think, um, and only a couple of people will get this from CCMB. Is um, you need IT technicians these days, and uh, he was the CCMB IT technician, so he's the man for me. I'm not sure I get this reference. Was he? <laughs> there, there was there were stories on CCMB years ago. Um, it was like Darcy Blake was obsessed with Monster Munch. Uh, Capaldi was an IT te- was a part-time IT technician because he didn't play much, and it was all sorts of nonsense. It was a bloke. He's di- he, the guy sadly passed away a few years ago, but you need to f- people need to check us out because they are hilarious. They are worth a read. Basically, how Darcy Blake likes Monster Munch, which I can well believe. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Who's your wild card? Oh God, um, is you know is Ben Turner or Mark Tud- Mark Hudson a wild card? Are they? I think Turner um, could be Turner. Potentially, you know, you know, our defence has been poor this season. Um, either that, you know, you've got to have the sel- silver here, Kev McNaughton, back in. I think as well, fullback. That's a star Lee player. Lee- got to be a star. Yeah, player, is he a star probably. player? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Ben Turner gets wild card because he's a bit of a racist. Yeah, Ben, <laughs> ben Turner would be mine then. Um, just defensively, um, he comes in, but yeah, um, what he's done since, since um, we'll, we'll not speak of, but yeah. I got my wild card. I think we need a bit of steel in midfield, so I'm going to go back a bit to say Olafinjana. I was going to yeah. say Olafinjana, <laughs> but I thought you would. I was going to go Olafinjana. <laughs> yeah, he'd be good. I reckon he'd be good in our midfield. Let Kumas a bit ahead do do the play next to Joe Rawls. It'd be lovely. What about what about Aaron Wildig? Aaron Wildig. Oh, I've got this thing about Wildig, right? Because when I was well, I must have been a teenager when he was breaking through. My girlfriend at the time, for some reason, had this obsession with Aaron Wildig, so I always resented him. <laughs> I, was, I was glad when he didn't make it. Well, he's playing for Morecambe now, so he's the real winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's Still true. him, because he's a professional footballer. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, back to the serious business, back to today. We'll start with Wales. I mean, what a week, Ben. I mean, an unbelievable... One of the most historic days in Welsh football I would say it's up there with promotion uh, they were both the promotions for me to the Premier League um, so special that atmosphere the anthem um, everyone cheering for Kiefer Moore when Aaron Ramsey scored <laughs> everything about it was just unreal um, honestly I... that's up there with my top top memories of football it was so special I love that the 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 Kiefer Moore chance with the Rams because did you see um, was it Ridian Bowen Phillips who was the announcer saying <laughs> he was, he was like, even yeah. second guessing himself because he could hear him chat <laughs> for Kiefer Moore but Dan I mean it's an unbelievable achievement isn't it considering you know 
where we were early on get those you know kind of two key losses that we had a lot of criticism of of Ryan Giggs including myself and I know Ben as well we've spoken about it in the podcast critical of him the way they've pulled it around has just been unbelievable it's been fascinating the, the, the last two performances to go to go to Azerbaijan and, uh, and win 2-0 and put in uh, f- probably one of our best away performances that I can remember in the last few years and then that as Ben's pointed out that performance um you know, to win at home, uh, the atmosphere was incredible. I wasn't lucky enough to get to the match, but even w- watching it in the pub in the city centre, it, it sounded incredible. Um, you know, Amro Heath and uh, and Callum Lan made appearances, and it's 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 the perfect way to end it. And yeah, as you said, Giggs has Giggs has come under a lot of pressure over this campaign, um, which at, at times I feel has been been um, been deserved. I think um, the team has taken maybe a while to. to 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 cling together since since coming in, um, but the, those last two performances have shown what the potential of that Wales squad is. Um, for it to be Ramsey and Bale's first time playing with each other since I think Denmark in the Nations League over a year ago, yeah. um, you you could just tell the the connection that they have, um, and to bring Ramsey in, you know, man of the match performance, and I was wanting him to to get a hat trick. Um, it's great, and uh, yeah, as I said, it, it shows the potential that this Wales team can have at, at the Euros next year. Ramsey was unbelievable, wasn't he? I know I saw Baker tweet about it's probably one of the best solo performances he's seen in in a, a long time, and I'd have to agree with that. He was just everything he did was was spot on. He was up for it, wasn't he? Oh my god, he was up for it. I think from the first, I um, I was just sat by some random blokes next to me who were absolutely brilliant chaps. Um, Lad bloke from Aberystwyth came all the way down. There's a couple of city fans nearby, um, just chatting with them. And from the first five minutes, we were all looking at each other, going, "Oh my god, he's up for this!" Um, just, just unreal. The passes him and Bale were linking up with, um, just the movement off the ball, finding those channels, just finding the space, absolutely unreal. Uh, the other player I thought was world class, and I, I'm not underestimating, not like overusing this as world class. Um, Joe Allen. Oh, oh incredible. My God. I, I arguably think he was better than Ramsey. For me, it's just the, what he did with that ball. Yeah, he oh was my better God, in, just, the, in the understated moments, wasn't he? The pressing, the, the ball retention, winning it back was just, like I said, world class. And, you know, I, I tweeted half in jest uh, as one well as my Liverpool sporting mates text me. But, God, it, I just thought, imagine if Allen had stayed at Liverpool and worked with Klopp, like what Klopp could have done with him in that mid- He seems like a perfect midfielder for that system to me. Yeah, it's just he was unreal. Um, and, and it, yeah, God. yeah. And they they hate him. They it's another Arsenal thing of Stoke fans not liking um, Allen. They think he's naff, They're and a I don't get it. He's Stoke fans, aren't they? They're booing Ramsey for breaking his leg. Yeah, but you can't. Joe Allen's not cap- Joe Allen's not going to be a midfielder that scores you twenty goals. But he's going to create chances. There's more issues at Stoke than Joe fucking Allen. I can tell them that. But oh my <laughs> god, just he just. I don't think it was a bad player. I think the only player that I think you could say probably let the occasion get to him a couple of times was um, Morel, and he still had moments of brilliance. Um, he was. I think Giggs got everything spot on, and I, I've taken. I've we've given him enough grief on here, but I think both games he um, got everything bang on. I tweeted about um, Ramsey starting Azerbaijan on the bench, but nah, what do I know? Giggs got it spot on. Um, if he continues like that, we're going to go a long way. Um, I can't fault. I can't fault Giggs. Um, he genuinely showed passion at the end of the full time. It, you could, it, you could, it wasn't a sort of fake thing. It, he, it meant a lot to him. But he also let the players have their moment. He didn't, t- he didn't sort of try and be front and centre. I learned. I got a lot of respect for Giggs um, after these last two games. I feel a lot more confident with him in charge taking the Euros. For me, in many ways, this these last two games, but particularly the uh, the Hungary game, felt like a a turning moment for Welsh football in a number of ways. Obviously, there's the Giggs element in in you know, like we've said, a lot of people were calling for him. A lot of people didn't even want him hired, you know, and then calling for go. Anyone but Giggs was trending at one point on Twitter during the campaign, and you know the way that he's shown that he he can be a very good manager has has, has been fantastic, and that felt like a turning point in in him winning over uh, 
the majority or, or even of all of, of Welsh fans. It also for me felt a turning point in this group of players in that we know they're talented, we know there's a lot of really good young players there, but they could step up to the occasion. And the qualification for the last Euros was was fantastic and it was fantastic in a way that because we were very much underdogs, you know, there was a lot of players in that squad that weren't at the level that some of the players we have now, if that makes sense. Now you've got so many young players that are showing their potential and, and it kind of, for me, felt like Wales are arriving at, at the top level here. You know, so many good young players putting a performance in against a, a good hungry team and just dominated them in every every aspect. I don't remember a Wales team keeping the ball or, or playing such a good possession football as, as well as, as that, that game. It's the sort of game that years and years ago, well, throughout Wales history, we've lost the big the big one, um, the semi-final against Portugal, the qualifier against Scotland, Russia, all of those sort yeah, of games. Romania way back. Romania, yeah, it's all of those, and we'd have we'd gone on to lose them, and sort of that sort of what's made me made me feel nervous. I spoke to um, Dan uh, for FC Cymru um, before the game, and saying that I'm nervous, shitting it, really, really panicky, and the character of those young players to not let the occasion get to them and just play their game and just don't give Hungary a sniff. All right, Hennessy made that double save, which was fantastic. But other than that, Wales dominated that game and were just phenomenal. Just absolutely brilliant. And I just can't praise them enough for what they did. For the youngsters to perform like that in such a high-profile game. I think like the way Ampadu in like the 89th minute was barking orders at like Joe Allen, Aaron Ramsey to get to get their shape back to stop the ball coming through was just this. He's a future Wales captain. He's going to lead this team for years to come. He's going to be the player to build around. But just everything about it just seemed like those players were made for that moment, and they all delivered. Hundred percent. I think that that's what shocked me most after the game. I did, you know, I was over the moon that we had qualified, but it felt. Not like an anti-climax, but I was like expecting the game to be so much more nerve-wracking. You know, we got the first goal, and after that, we didn't really seem to look back. The Hennessy save at one was crucial, um, but you know, we we as you said, we dominated the game, and, and it's something we're not really used to seeing a Wales team do against you know a, a half decent side in Hungary who, who did a right at the Euros in 2016. They're um, a very good side. We, yeah, we made them look poor. Poor, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, as you said, Scott, I think the players know that this is the golden generation of, of Welsh footballers at the minute. And if we weren't qualifying for this Euro or for next year's Euros, then especially in that group where, you know, bar Croatia, we're, we're the best team in there. Um, it would be it would have been massively disappointing not to qualify. But um, Giggs, is, Giggs is, you know, he brought that team together. And I think now that it's starting to show what is the potential, and as Ben says, we can go, we can go as far as we did in the last tournament, I believe. And Kiefer Moore really has been such a catalyst for the change. It seems as soon as he's come into the the team, it's just helped in so many ways, hasn't it? It's given them an outlet rather than earlier on in the campaign. It felt like we were relying too much on pace, particularly kind of Dan James was kind of isolated in sometimes and given the ball and just expected to beat you know a few men, but. Kiefer Moore's just been unbelievable, hasn't he, Ben, in the way that he's come in, played played fantastic in, in terms of his own, uh, you know, what he's bringing up front, but the way he's brought others into play as well. And I think that, uh, was it the number five for Hungary, the, the ball centre-half, will be having nightmares about Kiefer Moore. I just won everything. Um, early on in the campaign, it was sort of, it was clear, a lot of us were saying um, Vogue should have started because that's what we were missing was that target man that can hold the ball up bring other players into play and sort of get a couple of goals from the ball because the balls, the quality that can get put into that box is phenomenal. And um, I don't know what happens to him when he pulls on that whale shirt compared to what he does at Wigan, but oh, that boy's special when he plays for us. I mean, we're giving him goals he hasn't even scored. He's that good. He might be a bit like, do you remember, was it David Healy that was for Northern, was it Northern, Northern Ireland? Ireland? Yeah. It was just pretty average, everything else, but international level just always seemed to play well and score. Incredible. Yeah. Who, who is it, Dan, that, that maybe excites you the most of this young crop of players? 
I mean, Dan, like obviously Dan James' big move in the summer to United, I felt like it was going to be maybe too far of a step from this early. I felt like it was too too soon of a move. Um, Swansea was really good, but you know, to go to United and do what he's doing there in a team that's that's struggling, um, and then to let to carry that form on for United into the Wales team. Each time he picks the ball up, he looks as I mean, he hit the. That's the shot. He's hit the bar twice, I think. Once against Azerbaijan and once yeah. against Hungary. It's lucky and, it didn't end up at Leeds, isn't it? Yeah, and it's well, exactly, precisely, and it's so predictable. You know, defensively wise, it's predictable. He's going to cut in on his right foot, and time and time again, he does it. And the quality of ball he has, um, Dan James, definitely for me. But I think we've seen Joe Morel both in both games, um, especially against Azerbaijan. I, I, I don't know where that performance came from. Um, I think it surprised a lot of fans, especially when Ramsey was left on the bench. But uh, Joe Morel was arguably one of the man of ma- one of the man of the matches, um, and uh, and him and him and Ampadu in midfield looks like a real partnership that could could um, pick up over the next few years. Absolutely, Ben. What about you? Who who are you excited about from this generation? Well, the one that I'm most excited about, weirdly enough, hasn't played in much over the last few months is uh, Brooks. Yeah, of course. Um, it's crazy to think that he's still got to come back in. Um, and he's the player that I think is the next, as good as Wilson is, as good as Dan James is, Brooks is the player for me that really excites me just the way he plays. Um, so he's the one I'm really looking forward to seeing. And um, like I said before, Ampadu, he's the future leader of that side. And I think <laughs> there's, there's a fair ar- argument to give him the captaincy once Williams retires, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he, he's ready for it already, the way he commands that play. Such a mature and he's just, player, isn't he, for, oh, for someone mental. so young? And for someone with that haircut as well, the yeah. maturity levels are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd agree. Yeah. It's, it's Ampadu for me. I just, I love watching him play in, in every way. Brooks as well, I think, is is fantastic. And they're two players that, they're such cultured players and we're not particularly used to having having that, are we, in kind of, as Welsh talents. But there's so many good players, isn't there? Even, you know, the really understated ones like Chris Meffham at the back has just been fantastic so composed on the ball and you know really really bright center half so you know the future's definitely looking looking bright and and, and june can't come soon enough can it 100 no. percent. well boys if we move on to we, we've talked about one manager that's uh that's won over fans and another one that will be hoping to do that and definitely did so a bit in his first press conference is is cardiff's new manager neil harris and <laughs> You know, initially, a lot of Cardiff fans, particularly when he was linked, were were sceptical, were, were not 100% keen. And then Mark Hughes was linked, and a few changed their tune, including myself. <laughs> thought, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing how much brighter those guys seemed when you see Mark yeah. Hughes' favourite. It puts it into reality, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I think, right, that the club went into bookies on the country, put a couple of hundred... It's the best couple of hundred grand they could have spent on PR for... Neil Harris just going around making Hugh's favourite going see boys it could be worse it could be fucking worse <laughs> Ben what's your reaction initially to to, um, to Harris being appointed I know we'll, we'll come on to his first press conference in a minute because I know Dan you were there so you can provide a bit more insight into that but what's your initial reaction Ben um, well I think well I think I said it all when we did the press uh, the press conference the podcast um, after Neil left um, he was not my preferred choice uh, I didn't really want him I think I said I prefer Neil Patrick Harris um, <laughs> but, it turns out he's not, but it turns out he's not got his coaching badges so um, I was disappointed but and I'm going to jump to the press conference I know so we'll come to it but the way he spoke and what he spoke about it made me a bit excited again and um, he said the right things for me that he wants to get the youth involved he wants to sort of not change style completely, but play a ball a bit more than what we've been doing. Um, Evolution yeah. rather than revolution, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, and I, I think that was the perfect quote from him. Um, yeah, but I, I really was impressed by his press, press conference, but fuck me, he's ugly. <laughs> he's not a look at that bloke, is he? He's so negative. <laughs> <laughs> ben, ben mentioned there about, you know, he said a lot of the right things and a lot of Cardiff fans were, were excited hearing him you know, talk about youth and and all these type of things, and a lot of managers sometimes are guilty of just producing sound bites, aren't they? And you know, saying the right things, but being there, being in the room at um, 
Uh, was it Hensel Castle? Hensel Castle, yeah, yeah it wasn't bad. So yeah, nice, nice opening uh, press conference <laughs> to be at. Um, what, what, yeah, were the genuine words? Could you tell? What, what was the feeling there, seeing him and hearing him speak in person? He 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 looked like he had the bit between bit between his teeth. He looks determined. He sounded determined. He knows he's got to win over some of the fans. Um, he was asked. I think Rob Phillips asked a few of the questions. Um, about you know how fans had reacted on social media, he Neil Harris said he doesn't go on social media, but he knows that as a football fan, he knows that fans want to have someone who's you know he, I think he said who's won Premier Leagues and World Cups and stuff like that. Uh, he can understand that the fans aren't gonna all be on his side, but I mean he spoke with such you know drive and and passion for a club that he hasn't even managed a, a game for yet. Um, as Ben says, it won over a, a lot of the fans online um after you know waves of uncertainty after warnock left it's um he was he was passionate and determined and he mentioned you know obviously playing at ninian park and he knows what a cardiff team is like he knows he's come up against cardiff teams in the past and he knows what he sees and he knows what he needs to bring to the team to to get us back on track um he's moving down here with his family um and he's He's, you know, he seems committed, um, but this determination was was rife. I think on the academy, I think, uh, you know, he could you could be guilty of saying that is he saying some of the things on the academy to get fans on side? Possibly, it's, it's, we won't, we, you know, we won't know for a few weeks yet. But you know, the amount of times he mentioned the academy and his 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 need and his want to get youth players into the into the senior team, it's hard not to believe the man after so many times of mentioning it. And he, he he has got a track rec a proven track record of that at Millwall. You know, mm-hmm. a, a number of young players developed into the first team. But I will a slight caveat in that it's kind of the the circumstances that that they have at Millwall. You know, they don't have the big money to spend, so they do have to look towards the academy. Whether you know that will still be the case when when he's got five ten million to spend, or he's you know he's already got a squad that's been assembled for x amount of money we'll, we'll wait to see ben won't we but what i will say is you know the style he, he said it won't be a revolution just an evolution a lot of things he talked about was you know the passion the hard work and he mentioned something about cardiff fans want to want to see players giving what they would if they were they were on the pitch or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines millwall whether cardiff fans like it or not what Millwall fans and Cardiff fans value from a player and from a performance, I feel are fairly similar along, along similar lines. Like I said, in terms of the grit and the determination and the fight and the passion. So hopefully we can we we can see that because it has been lacking and this season hasn't it? You know the two, particularly the Swansea performance was just completely devoid of it. Yeah, um, he's got a bit of work to do. It seems um, a few players sort of been coasting on the laurels. Um, hopefully Neil going and a new new manager coming in um, gives a few players that need it a bit of a kick up the arse but there's um, there's a fair bit of work to do I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people think I don't think it's going to be clear cut this path that he's got to do it's not going to be straightforward we might get that new manager bounce but I think over Christmas there's a lot of work to do to really get these players performing at the best to put a good run together it's certainly going to be, uh, you know, thrown into the deep end, Dan, isn't he? We're approaching the Christmas period, which is, you know, the championship itself is notoriously a busy schedule, but the Christmas schedule is is particularly busy. So he won't have long to kind of hit the ground running if Cardiff are really going to try and push on towards the playoffs. Yeah, so so many games in, in such quick succession. You know, Millwall on Boxing Day as well. Um, how big of a big of a coincidence is that? Yeah, he's got to hit the ground running. I think he he pointed that out in his press conference. He, but he also said that fans need to be realistic and need to realise that it's going to take time. And he's not going to promise that, that he's going to win the next six games. Um, but he, he, as you said, he, he said he's going to bring into the team what he what he was like as a player and what he's like as a manager. That that work ethic and the hunger that the team has been lacking this season. For, for, for any any un, unknown reason, um, it, it's it's a tough period. Christmas time is you know the busiest time of the year football wise. But he said he's got six weeks to look at the you know before the January transfer window. Anyway, he's got six weeks to look at the team. Um, 
it's and it, he, he opened it up and said that it's a fresh chance for uh, for everybody. Um, he wants to work with people who want to work for him, and you know he's not going to. Uh, he, well, he wants to put his trust and on, on honesty in the team that have played so far this season, but the players who haven't played, um, and I think Volks was one of them mentioned by one of the journalists there at the press conference. Um, that they're all going to be given the chance. It's his new team now, and he needs to adjust and see what he's got. Um, but we definitely need to be start start picking up some wins in the bounce to to pick up um, points and and head towards the the um, top seven. I think we're about seven points off the playoffs, but we're eight points off the relegation zone. So we're we're slap bang in the middle of the table. But we need to start picking up points over the Christmas period. It was the genuine way he talked that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't it didn't feel like lip service um, I watched the interview back on the Cardiff City website and just the, it was genuine and that look I hope that need there's no way that can't translate to the way the players um, it made me feel excited for Saturday and got me up for it and that was before the Wales game um, it, it was um, yeah he just he you can tell this means a lot to him he a pretty I think he understands it's a big club. It's a big chance for him. It's a big opportunity, and I think he's really looking to take it. So, um, I may not—he may not be my preferred choice, but he's 100% got my full support going forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's the key, isn't it? Now is, and I, to be fair, since since he has been appointed, I've not seen anything other than kind of support and you know people pledging to get behind him. Apart from that one idiot that you know filmed himself throwing. Throwing a season ticket into Jesus. was that over Cardiff I, Bay or someone like that? Over Cardiff I, Bay, yeah. I guarantee you that's his last season, someone, and he'll be there on a uh, week Saturday, just ticketing the fuck is using his this season's ticket going in. I guarantee you it's last year's. <laughs> yeah, probably to be fair. Either that, or he's ringing up the ticket office now, paying ten quid to get a new one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just to get a torrent of abuse on Twitter. Worth it for the uh, engagement, you'll say. Yeah. And who, you know, Danny mentioned some of the players there. Will Vokes is one that, you know, will relish having a fresh start. Who are the, some of the players that you think might might benefit from from a new manager, but also benefit from Neil Harris being the manager? I think Vokes might be one of those. Um, you know, Neil Harris hit on the hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, Cardiff fans want to see um, Cardiff fans playing for Cardiff and Welsh internationals playing for Cardiff. Uh, Vokes ticks one of them boxes um, and he's young as well again we know Harris's um, track record with, with youth at the, at the 23s and 19s at, at Millwall um, I think Will Vox could be one of them I think Medine possibly could be one of them um, you know Neil Harris at Millwall played a lot of 4-4-2 is that something that we're going to see um, you know Medine and Glatzel or Bogle or Ward um, T- Tomlin's seen some more game time this year this season Um uh, and again, Tomlin's another one that could benefit. But again, it depends. You know, Neil Harris has said in, in the press conference, if the players who want to work for him and, and with him, uh, that's the players who will get the chances. He wants to see the ones who are committed to the cause and not just their, you know, I also, you know, but then there's there's the flip side, players who might suffer. Um, it's hard to see, but I think if Neil Harris has been watching a few of the games, he's seen some of the poor performances that, you know, players like Josh Murphy have put in, is that going to have a knock-on effect? I don't know. It it, it sounds like a clean slate for for, the, for Harris and and the players, and I think that's again it's the it's the new manager bonus or, or the bounce that we we hope is going to come in. Um, but I think Volks and Medine could see more game time coming up over the Christmas period as well. There's a lot of games in quick succession, so he's going to have to rotate that squad um, uh, to be able to play the games with you know players with full fitness. Medine, for you, Ben, is it time for him to be given another shot? Do you think? Do you think Harris will be uh, will be fancy in big gas? Not really. I think the club are, and Paul Cavier is. I know you're listening. Um, I think it's Medine's a busted flush for Cardiff. He needs the move. We need to get rid of him, get rid of him off the wage bill. Um, for me, uh, the two that I really think the way um, it sort of worked, if he's playing a similar sort of style to what he did at Millwall, is Glatzel and Danny Ward. I think there's a partnership that if they build up and could go well, um, I think both will benefit from. Ward looks up for it and Glatzel clear. We've seen from uh, footage from in Germany, he needs that striker to play with him. Mm-hmm. And um, Ward's work great right along with Glatzel's ability. I think um, I think both of them are on to, could be on to some nice playtime and building up a really nice partnership. Um, I also think Isaac Vassell, when he comes back in, would suit that sort of role God, as well. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Vassell yeah. as well. 
God, I think Patterson as well. I think he's Patterson's the type of player that yeah, Patterson's that, another one. You know, if he's valuing the work rate and the passion, you know, that's Callum Patterson all over, isn't it? And mm-hmm. but it's yeah. just weird does he play. Yeah, Patterson's. Re- I think this season more than anything, Patterson's um, suffering from uh, Matthew Conley syndrome. Where do you play him? Is he a centre midfielder? Is he a striker? Is he a right midfielder? Where he played most? Where I think he's played more this season. Um, that's the only tough thing. If we're going to go four four two, Patterson doesn't fit into a four four two formation anywhere, and that's a worry. Unless Harris does fancy him as a defender, Warnock didn't, but obviously his trade is a right back. I think there's other. I think uh, Cox. I think is going to be looking in for that second right back berth. Yeah. Um, I hope so anyway, because um, he's. I know we say about a lot of players, we think these some have come through. I, I don't think Mark uh, Mark Harris was one that was ever going to really make the breakthrough, but um, Cox and Brown are two that I really think over the next 12 months could really make the step up into that first team from our academy. So yeah. hopefully they get a good run and a good chance. Yeah, so my, my worry with, with Patterson, you mentioned the way does he fit in, is that, that he'll end up leaving because he doesn't fit in maybe. And, you know, that's a real talented player that and a perfect Cardiff player, I think, that that we'd be potentially letting go. Um, young player, it's, it feels to me we need to find a way to fit him into the team and build the team around him. It's a big call, building a team around a sort of utility player like Patterson. Mm. Um, until he's nailed down a position, um, this is an opportunity for him to do it as well. Uh, let's not forget that. He, this, this is an opportunity now for him, for Patterson to work with Harris and really nail down, right, I'm a striker, I'm a midfielder, whatever he wants to be, he needs to nail that down. Otherwise, I think he's going to spend his career floating around and sort of not playing as much as a player of his talent should. And, um, yeah, he put, you, you guys are probably right. It might be a perfect chance for him to do it. Um, he might be another one that benefits purely just from knuckling down and nailing a position. Yeah, well, obviously Charlton is first up. It's on uh, lunchtime away on Saturday and... Um, so I spoke to um, a guy called Lucas Ball, who is from News at the Den, which is a Millwall kind of blog and, and website. And I asked him, you know, what formation did, did Harris tend to play at, at Millwall? And he said mainly a, a 4-4-2 for the first, particularly for the first three and a half seasons. Towards the end of his fourth season, he tended to go for a 4-2-3-1, which is obviously what, what Warnock tended to go for this this year. Um, but at the start of this season, he tended to mix it up. Four for two at home and and one up top away from home. How do you expect him to to line up in his first game in Cardiff, Ben? Do you think he'll go for the four two three one that Cardiff have kind of been used to playing at the moment? I think so, purely because if it's um, he's not going to be able to implement the tactics for a four four two straight away. It wouldn't surprise me if we see that come in later in the season. But I think for now it's got to be a four two uh, a four two three one, uh, possibly four three three. Um, with what we've been playing a bit as well, if you're going to play the three midfielders, I just think it's it, like we said. I don't think if people are expecting wholesale changes, the squad to be completely overhauled, different players coming in, um, I think they're going to be a bit upset with what they see early on. I think it's it's a longer term thing of him making those changes, but for now, I think it'll just be playing how we have been playing, but getting the ball down and sort of looking to make those passes, and but get it forward quickly like we have been doing, like we did before. I just don't think there's going to be many wholesale changes, especially early on. I don't think the squad's ready for it. You've only got, what, a week with them. And a lot of the players have been on international duty. I know Etheridge only came back a couple of days ago. Bakuna, I don't think, is back yet. Um, it's um, one of those. I just think it's going to take a bit of time for him to properly implement the way he's going to go. But I think there will be improvements early on. And Dan, you know, one of the biggest remits for, uh, for Harris, in, in the kind of immediate future at least, is sorting out the defence, isn't it? We've been conceding goals at an unusual rate for, for a side we're used to being so good defensively. And, you know, that's kind of the one thing that that strikes me as, as immediately fixing is going back to basics, defending well. And so it wouldn't surprise me, I don't know about you, if he did kind of go for a more defensive, like Ben said, 4-3-3 or 4-5-1 rather than, than the 4-2-3-1 on this weekend. Yeah, it's another thing uh, that Harris hit on in his press conference on Monday is that he wants to bring back that defensive solidity that Cardiff have seen over the last couple of seasons. Um, we've always kind of relied on our defence to to be the you know the front stall of our of our team. Um, 
I think, yeah, I, I can't see any major changes. We're not going to look at the game on Saturday and go, OK, that's a definite massive change in, in the way we play football. It'll be more of the same for, for the first few weeks. Um, in terms of defensive-wise, who he goes with, I think, you know, as he's seen how Nelson has played in both the, the last games, I think Nelson's been bright. Um, has he seen the way that the Morrison and Flint partnership hasn't quite worked out so far this season? Um, I think our fullbacks, you know, I've criticised Lee Peltier at times this season, but on the whole, Lee Peltier is one of the most solid uh, right backs in the league. Uh, Joe Bennett has had his moments, but again, I think the fullbacks have been generally okay. It's more so that that centre back partnership that we really need to, you know, or Neil Harris really needs to decide who he wants to play together at the back because that's been that'll be key for us over this Christmas period, especially. Um, but in terms of play style for how he goes ahead on, on Saturday against Charlton, um, yeah, I think a four-two-three-one. I think more of the same. Um, it'd be interesting to see, I suppose, with injuries and stuff like that, um, who he goes with up top. Is it, is Glatzel out injured or is it going to be um, is it going to be Bogle to lead the line? It, it's, it's hard to see at the minute. But yeah, I agree with Ben. I think it'll be more of the same for the first few weeks anyway. Yeah, to me, I think, you know, I hope that he has looked and seen kind of how he performed defensively. He looks at Morrison's back in training at least, so I'm sure he might be fit. But Kieran Brown's really impressed, hasn't he, Ben, in the in the you know, the Reese games that he did play, one of the few kind of standout players and let's say that maybe we, we owe Aidan Flint an apology for all the criticism because I don't know if you saw this, but who scored named him in their team of the season so far for the championship. So, you know, what do we know? Someone's smoking crack, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you mean about it, but there's there's been players. He, he's not he's not been our best player. Let's face it. I I think the who, who scored ratings there of um yeah. If they put him in the championship's worst team of the season so far, I don't think I would complain. I think that's unfair. I think that's harsh. He's not been great by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he's been one of the worst players in the league. But there's no way you could look at it and say he's been one of the two best centre backs. Yeah, he's probably season. close. He's probably closer to the worst team of the season than he is to the best team of the season. I think. Um, yeah, but I think that partnership. I, I don't know. I, I think that I just personally think they're too too similar a type of defender. Him and Morrison, and you know, Flint is is he's dangerous from set pieces, and I think he's shown that already this season. But is is he though? I think well, we, I, admittedly the delivery at some times this season has been lacking mm. but I expected more from some set pieces you look at the start of that season when that team came out I can't remember when the boys said it it looked like an NBA team <laughs> and our corner set pieces have been naff because it's been the same thing Flint on the back post trying to head it down hoping someone gets a touch on it and it's just that's probably the biggest frustration that I'm hoping changes is that lack of variety from set pieces because it's the same thing. It's so easy to defend against. Well, set and, pieces were poor in the Premier League as well. But for someone that's job essentially was to head it in the attacking box <laughs> with Flint, he hasn't been spectacular at it, is he? Um, but again, this is another fresh chance for him. Perhaps it was the way we were playing didn't do him any favours. And I think every player has got to look at this as a fresh start and sort of move on from how we've seen it. And, um, yeah, there's exciting times ahead, boys. There is, I think. It's, um, I agree, yeah. A bit, of a, a bit of a rebuild, but I don't think it's as drastic as some people think. But I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as other people think. It's um, Give him a bit of time, uh, let him work a few things out, and I think you need to assess it. I think even Christmas is probably too soon. He needs a window. Probably around Easter time you can look and say, has he really made the effect he needs to so early on? And then, really, he's got next season and pre-season to really implement his... Bits. I, I wouldn't write off the season just yet, but I think it's not going to get a million miles better just yet. It's going to take a bit of time. Yeah, but hopefully we're getting off to a good start on Saturday. Charlton are the opponents. They're without a win since the 19th of October, just over a month ago. You know, Lost to Millwall in their last game, lost to Preston before that. And Drew against 10-man West Brom. Lee Boyer, Ben, was obviously linked to the Cardiff job. A lot of fans... You know, we're quite keen on him over Harris. What do you expect from Charlton this weekend? Uh, you know, an away game for Cardiff, still not one away from home. Um, I think it's a, it's it's an, actually a decent fixture to sort of start the new regime under um, a team not in great form. 
probably going to be down on confidence. They've got a few injuries. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad fixture to start. If um, everything goes well, we could be looking at a nice win. But um, it's hard to say. They could pick up. They started the season brilliantly. We know they're a good side. Uh, we know Bowie is a decent manager. There's a reason a lot of us wanted to see him come in. So um, it's not an easy task, but it's not a bad task either to start the new regime. A couple of Welsh players in there as well. Obviously, uh, Tom Lockyer in defence and, and Johnny Williams as well in the squad. Uh, we know Adam Matthews. He's there, is he? He's there, yeah. No. And uh, Deji Oshilaja, the former Cardiff centre-back as well. And apparently, I didn't even know he was still playing, according to Google, Darren Prattley is there. He is. He's the captain, I think, isn't he? God. He must be old now. Yeah, he's been about. He's been about the block, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, here's here's one for you boys. Ben Amos. Ben, ben Amos as well. That's the thing. You've you've hit on the injuries there, Ben. Uh, I seen earlier on Twitter that they've got a 23 man squad. They've got you know they've got 10 players out. Darren Prattley suspended. Uh, oh, they don't, they don't think they're going to name. Yeah, uh, the full bench. A subs, full bench. They? No, they don't want to because apparently a lot of their youth players haven't actually even played games for the 23s this season. Um, and I think Lee Boy is um, he's panicking a little bit because they, if any more injuries, they, they, they're struggling to feel the team on the pitch. But um, yeah, you know, one win in seven games, they're just above us. I think they're a point above us. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice start for, for, for Neil Harris. Um, it's a winnable game, especially with their injuries that they've had. Um, you know, Sam Fields out as well in midfield. Um, Johnny Williams is still injured as well. And, uh, and, and Darren Prattley suspended, so a few of their key players are, are out. Their defensive line's okay, but um, going forward as well, Hamed's out up front, and Jake Forstakowski's out. So the, their injuries are, are, you know, in key places of the pitch. Um, I think you know it's a winnable game, and if we get off to a good start, then you know fans are already back on are back on side after the press conference as well. Before, boys, what is your score predictions for this game? Before we go on to some listener questions, Ben, we'll start with you. Um, I'll go for a two-one away win. I think it'll time. It'll be the time we break our away duck. What about you, Dan? Um, I'm going to go for two-nil. I'm going to go for a clean sheet uh, with uh, Neil Harris's first game in charge. Perfect. I was going to go for a one-nil win. So wins all round. And like like they said, a big opportunity to to get three points on on Harris's first game. And you know, there's, there's worse games to have as your first game as, as manager, isn't it? Definitely. It's a club with another fantastic Hummel kit as well. <laughs> I've just clicked on their website now and I'm having a look and once again Hamble have come up treats home and away yeah it is they do do nice kits all I'm hoping really is for a win and that someone snaps that Lyle Taylor <laughs> all that nonsense he was tweeting all that yeah him and yeah, Harry after god yeah. yeah politics god's sake Boys, let's go on to some listener questions. We've had a couple, and I want to start with one from Chris Hunt. And it's something that's, that's bothered me, actually, and, and I know we've spoke, spoken about it a little bit in the kind of group chat that we've got. He asks, why haven't more players come out in public to thank Warnock? Only two so far, Sol Bamba, you know, quite soon after Warnock left, and then um, Neil Etheridge, I think, yesterday did one. This has really been bothering me because, A, the club haven't really done anything beyond that statement, you know. Considering the effect what Neil Warnock had on the club, on the fans, how everything he achieved, there should have been some, you know, tribute to him, some big thank you. And from the players, you know, he's plucked some of those players from obscurity and, you know, made them premiership players, made them solid championship players, given them opportunities. And, you know, I'm sure they would have done it in private, but... It would have been nice to, to to show some appreciation to in public to Warnock. What do you boys think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really confusing and a bit well worrying. Maybe it's a bit extreme, but it, I think it is a bit worrying. Um, you know, you've mentioned what he's done for the club and what he's done for the players as well. He's you know taken to the taken them to the Premier League when arguably they they weren't um, they weren't they're probably arguably not good enough to be in it. Well, that's a bit harsh, I suppose, but he's given them the dreams that he's given the fans above as their well. Weight. Yeah, definitely. That's the, the phrase I'm looking for. They've punched above their weight. Um, I've got a mate who works at the club and I've been, spe- well, I spoke to him today and was asking him, you know, any particular reason why, 
and he has no idea. So I don't understand unless there's been something go on behind the scenes that we don't know about or whether or not because it's mid-season and there's a new manager come in, whether or not they're just not deciding to. I, yeah, I would ex- have expected a lot more, especially from the club as well. You know, a thank you, Neil, video. Yeah. Um, it's been, what, two two weeks now? Two, three weeks? Yeah, they've two missed weeks. the boat now, haven't they? Yeah, they. I think they have. And for us to not have seen anything apart from a statement is uh, is confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, some type of video would be would have been nice, and it's not like they wouldn't have had plenty of uh, sound bites to use of Warnock, is it, Ben? Mm-hmm. No, it's a strange one. But um, the other thing is, how much does the club dwell on it? They're wanting to push this new era. Um, it's a weird one. Um, I agree with the players. It's the players that bug me more than the club not putting it out. But even again, then um, what do they do? There's only so there's only so many posts you can put out before it looks like the club's making you do it. It's a really tough balance, but um, yeah, uh, there's a couple of players I'm surprised. Hoylet normally likes a social media post. I'm surprised he hasn't gone out there. Same with Bennett. Mendes so, Lang um, as well. Yeah, Mendes. Uh, to be fair, it's not about his brother's music, so he's not going to post. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, a, it's just, it, it clearly shows that there was a bit of a disconnect towards the end. I think that's the obvious thing. Um, and it's a shame. It really is a shame, but I think every player I think is looking forward to this new start. Yeah, and, and what's even more weird is we've seen how close the players have been with Warnock. You know, promotion day um, a couple of seasons back, and they were all hugging around him. And there was a great, you know, the the squad unity has never been has been as the strongest has been in years, and the club unity at a wider level as well. Yeah, even in so, the relegation, even in the relegation as well. You know, with everything that's happened last year, the club have been through it. Through the highs and the lows, and you don't, you, don't, you also don't know what's going on behind the scene. Perhaps Warnock's asked for the club, for the players not to do it. Possibly, I think that that might be the case of that. Um, Etheridge was at, was away from was away from the club when Warnock went. It's possibly a reason why he's posted it. And Bamble was asked a question for Sky Sports and Talksport. So, um, yeah, I think he's. There might be a case of they've even been told by the club or told by asked by Neil not to put any posters out because he doesn't want to make it about him. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure uh, Sandra's on the message boards for him. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at everything. Well, his next question is from Rhys Chambers, who's the head of sport at Guy Reeve, the uh, University of Cardiff newspaper. And he asks, would you like to see more Cardiff City involvement in the Welsh squad? And could that be achieved through Harris's focus on the academy? Um, yeah, there's been a lot of, of questions, hasn't there, about... Um, you know, particularly on social media, a lot of debate about Cardiff's contribution in in recent years to the Welsh national team, and it's a tough one, isn't it? Because there hasn't been enough in recent years. But you you do look at that squad, and you know some of the key players. You know, Ramsey came through the Cardiff academy, Ledley in recent years, Gunter. So there has been players in that squad that are Cardiff developed, but in recent years, there's not been enough, has there been? No, I think the um, youth setup's a massive issue for the club. The club really needs to address. Um, hopefully, when the, I think a lot of it will be this new training ground coming in when that's finally built, and the youth team and the first team are training on the same area. I think that will help integrate those players to the um, first team setup. I think with the first team training in uh, the Vale and the young teams training in, I think they're still training to Forest, aren't they? Um, I think that creates such a disconnect between them that it's hard for to build that bond between them all. So I think once that happens, we'll start seeing a lot of progress. Particularly if you know, if we believe Bellamy in that interview that that Warnock wasn't particularly open to uh, to integrating or developing the the youth then. Yeah, that was particularly striking when he came out and said that. I think it raised a few eyebrows, but. As you said, it's been said for for a few months or maybe even longer than that now that you know what have Cardiff actually contribu- contributed to the to the Welsh national setup in recent in recent years anyway. Um, their best, their best. Let's not forget their best player came from the well, the Cardiff academy. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, it's something that Neil Harris hit on. Um, he seems again. He seems really determined that that's going to be one of his priorities while he's here. Um, 
again, Ben says that the new um, training grounds that that could be a step in the well, that is a step in the right direction. Whether or not that has a, a wider impact on you know the players that come in and um, come through the academy and whether or not they get the time, I think Neil Harris is going to give more time to the academy than, than Warnock did. I think that's safe to say, um, especially if he's a man of his words. That's that's going to happen. Um, it, but he's also said that he's not you know the, the youth players need to prove that they or need to earn. The, the places in the teams and they're not going to be there without being there on merit. Um, but he's, he's got a few, he's he said at the press conference, he's got his eyes on a few of the players in the 23s and the 19s in particular that, that could potentially, you know, come up the ranks over the next, you know, few months and, and into the next year or so. Um, but it's definitely an issue that the clubs faced. You know, I know a few people that say that our Cardiff, a true Welsh club, if they're not contributing to the, to the wider Welsh system, I don't think that's, I think that's a pile of rubbish, in my opinion. Of course, they're a Welsh club, but um, there's definitely a need to see more Welsh talent. And again, Neil Harris has said the fans want to see Welsh players playing for Cardiff because they're a Welsh club. Absolutely. Then, quick question. In the press conference, I've not seen anything of this listed. Did anyone ask Harris about working with the director of football? Because obviously there's been talk about that, hasn't there? And, and Dalman's come out of you know wanting more football people on the board. I, I just wondered if, if Harris was asked that question, how he'd, you know, welcome working with someone like that. It, it, yeah, it was asked. Um, he said it's a board decision, but it comes down to, to whatever is best for the club. Um, he said that he would like to be involved in the discussions if they were to come. Um, he says it's got to be a group decision, uh, ultimately a group decision. Um, but it's one that he, you know, him and the club that are going are gonna to look at. Um, he said that Kenshu was going to make some announcements over the coming months in terms of the academy and, and the progression they're going to do there. And also they're going to have, um, I think, a discussion about a director of football. But ultimately he said it's, it comes down, it, well, it's, it's, above his, it's above his head, but he yeah. wants to be part of those discussions if and when they come. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen anything you know, in any of the reports. Anyway, so I was wondering, so I was quite interested in that. But, but yeah, to come back to, to Reese's question about wanting to see more Cardiff City involvement in the Welsh squad, Definitely, I think I think everyone would, and this may be controversial, but you know, if Cardiff City came out and said, you know, we want to implement a policy similar to what you know Athletic Bilbao do over in Spain about only having Basque players, we only want to have Welsh players, or you know, want to have a policy of seventy percent of the squad have to be Welsh, I'd welcome that every day of the week. I, I know that's probably a bit controversial, but you know, I, I think, think that's a silly. It works for. Bilbao because the structure in Spain is so much better than what we've got here. The facilities are better, everything's better. It's a better run sort of youth system from top to bottom. Um, there needs to be there, there needs, there there's to such be... a small pool of players that they have to choose from, and you know they've never been relegated. I don't think from La Liga, and you know it has to be a, a long term plan, of course, and it has to be that infrastructure changes, and it'll never happen. So it's a you know redundant conversation. But, you know, that's how important I think it is to be developing these players that, you know, I would always welcome something like that. I think it's really important, but I don't think the fan base has got the patience for anything like that to ever happen. No. Um, I think it's as simple as that. We 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 aren't patient enough as fans. We're demanding success now. Um, I don't think our club are clever enough to implement something like that. We do it horribly wrong. Um it's just um i'd love for it to happen something i don't think to that extent i think when you go down that sort of route you're opening up a very dangerous route um and sort of restricting yourself to development down the line for years to come um there's talented players in south wales and the club needs to do more to develop them but there's also going to be a reason that for some for some reason that no players broke through since before Dave Jones since Dave, well since Dave Jones's days. Yeah, absolutely. It's been been too long, hasn't it? And Gwyn Jones asked, you know, we've kind of spoken about this. He asked, do we think bridging the gap between the first team and the academy, as Harris asked, will actually happen? You know, we've kind of spoken about that, but he says. Can we see the likes of Cox and, and James Wake getting first team chances? And and Cameron Cox is the one, isn't he, Dan, that, that I think most people would would put their bets on. But like like Gwyn said, there's there's people like James Wake and you know, I th- there's a couple of others in the Academy that, that as Harris said, has got his eye on that, that could be promising. Yeah, I think Cameron Cox is, is a name that keeps popping up and it has done 
um, over the past couple of, uh, of seasons. Um, of course, you've had you had Bruno Manga at right back last season, and and Peltier has been solid at his time at the club as well. So Cox has faced that that difficulty of breaking into the team. Um, you know, he's featured in the squad a couple of times over the past uh, year or two. I think he's definitely one of the brightest players in the academy. Him and James Waite, uh, and arguably Mark Harris as well. Um, but it's whether or not he can break through. I think he's apart from Peltier. I think Cox could, you know, um, come into the team and why not give him a couple of games, especially over the Christmas period as well. We've got so many games over the next um, month or so. Um, is it really going to impact the squad that much if we let a couple of the academy players come in? Um, I think it's one thing that Harris is going to look at. Um, he said, of course, he said it so many times now, during, even during that first press conference, that it, it'll be hard not to believe the guy. Um, I, I hope we see more more of the academy. James Waite's another one, as you mentioned. You know, he scored bags of goals for the academy over the last year or two. Um, but you know, we've we've got a couple of strikers in that team, and you know, although we've got injuries, is it realistic that a striker is going to come in? You know, a, a right back's a little bit different to a to a striker scoring goals at, at youth level. It's a bit of a step up goal scoring wise to the championship. But I think um, Waite's issue is that. He's a fantastic, talented young player, mm-hmm. but he is tiny. Yeah. And I think currently his body shape and his size, if he went into a championship game, he'd be bullied. Um, he's not quite got the ability to sort of do what other smaller players have done yet. But then you've got to argue the only way for him to get that ability is to play in these games. It's um, it's a tough balance to strike um, between the club, developing players and sort of and achieving the success they want to short-term. I guess it's, you, need to, you beg the question of, you know, we've talked about the strikers not scoring goals, not, you know, a lot of underwhelming performances from our forwards. As a young player, you'd start to look and think, well, what do I have to do to, to get a chance? And Why aren't we utilising our links with the Belgian club more? Why aren't we looking at saying, right... um, putting Cox in, Bel- in the Belgian league for a season or putting yeah. weight out with the Belgian league and sort of making properly using it as a sort of feeder that was the plan at one stage, not just for us getting players such as the whore through, but using it as an opportunity to sort of give some players some first team games. The Belgian league's quite physical. It's not a massively, it's probably, it's arguably in some places a higher standard than the championship for some teams, but um, it's an opportunity for us to use that and sort of, I don't think we do. I think Tan's got links. Not I know there's LAFC, and he's there. I don't think we'd be sending players out there. But there's got to be links elsewhere that we can use to really give these yeah. players sort of first team experience. Has he got Sarajevo have... as well? Yeah, that's yeah, there is right. a link for Sarajevo. Sarajevo, yeah. So there's options there to send players to those clubs. A year abroad does players work the wonders, like a world of good as well. It's um, something we should be looking at doing. Impossible. I think it shows the lack of football brain on the board that we're not doing that. We've brought some players over that have failed from the Belgian league, sort of Skidongby, but we're not using it to send players the other way to sort of develop them. And I think that's a really strange and missed opportunity. I wonder how much, how much would, would a director of football coming in, you know, how much of an impact would that have on, on making sure that our academy players were getting game time outside of youth football? Uh, And who do you guys think would, you know, who could be a director of football for the club, do you think? Oh, Stephen McPhail's the one for Steve, me. Steve McPhail for me as well. He's doing a fantastic job with Shamrock Rovers, and I'd love to see him back at the club. Mm. Genius as far as football comes, and I think he'd do a fantastic job for us. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to agree. And I don't, we none of us know too much about the actual structure behind the scenes, do we, beyond kind of the first team, but. You know all these things that, like I spoke about Ben about, you know, sending these players abroad and this these loan systems. It does make you think about the lack of infrastructure and the lack of maybe, you know, an analysis and coaching teams that we uh, scouting teams sorry that we have to be able to monitor those players out in Belgium and, you know, it all seemed very old fashioned, didn't it? And uh, under Warnock and that's hopefully the type of things that we will see we'll see change with you know Harris is a young manager still so there's you know there's plenty of, of new modern things that we can he can develop 
I don't think it's just the manager bringing them in. The manager can only see so much. But as long as there's a 35-40 mile disconnect between the training ground of the youth team and the first team, you're never going to get that cohesion. They're never going to build a relationship with the first team. They're never going to be able to slip into first team training and sort of build it up that way. Um, it's not the manager's job. I think it's the club as a whole needs to look at the structure. It needs to be an overhaul. It's not just a case of like we did under Warnock of releasing near enough every young player we've got to and rebuild. There needs to be an actual gate pathway into the first team. Is it a case of one day a week the, the under-23s are training with the first team? Is the manager getting scouting report, getting enough scouting reports, getting enough feedback? Is there enough support for the young players? Um, have the young players got enough bollocks as well to step up and say, look, put me in with the first team? There's a hundred things that need to be looked at that we just don't know what goes on behind the club. But I think it's not just a manager issue. I think it's a club-wide issue that really needs to be addressed. Yeah, I was just looking at the... Um academy page on on wikipedia in the section with notable graduates and i mean there's some that you know i barely heard of or or, you know completely forgotten about which says you know what notable graduates are from the academy but you know the ones in bold are are graduates who have gained international caps and you know stuart fleetwood on there stuart fleetwood is on there yes (laughs) there's some people you know uh ben swallow I don't. No. no. He now plays for Merthyr Town, so he's a notable graduate. We've got Darcy Blake, James Collins, Rob Earnshaw, Declan John, Nat Jarvis, Chris Gunter, Joe Ledley, Tom Lockyer, Robbie Matondo, Adam Matthews, Josh McGuinness, Aaron Ramsey, and Theo Walton, who is now apparently an international for the Kittitian national team. St. Kitts, that is, sorry. Uh, Uh, It's been a while since, you know, some of them played for Cardiff, isn't it? And, you know, that's what needs to change, isn't it? You know, getting those players through from the academy into the first team, developing into the international team as well. And I think that's what we all all look forward to, really. I think what the club miss is that fans are a lot more patient with their youngsters. I mean, look at the chances that we wanted to give Declan John who realistically was never going to make it, going to be good enough to become our first-choice left-back. But the fans were clamouring time and time again for him to have a go and didn't get on his back in the Premier League when things got tough. Um, you can buy yourself some really good goodwill with the fans if you've got a few youngsters in there. If things aren't going perfectly, but you think, oh, at least they're trying to get kids from our academy in. It's something that I think the club don't realise at times. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, you know, a striker, an academy striker misses a chance. They get the benefit of the doubt from the fans, don't they? But, you know, a senior player does that and they maybe get, get a bit of criticism. Like, even someone like Healy, um, yeah. even before his cruciate, it was arguably, was he ever going to be good enough? But the fans really want to see him have a go yeah. and really sort of backed him. And he wasn't a proper academy graduate. He came from Connors Key, didn't he? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the the club are missing an own goal there. There's a few, I think, own goals. I think there's a few easy things that the club can do to really pull some goodwill long-term that I think they just don't see because they're too focused on short-term success with no real long-term plan. And I think we spoke about... This season we spoke about it a lot and I think Neil Harris coming in and sort of the rush to get him in proved that there was no planning going into Warnock leaving, was there? Um while there was talks behind the scenes of perhaps Warnock wanted Harris to come in and be the man to follow him, I don't think there was any firm plans until Neil left the club. And we knew everyone knew Neil was leaving at the end of the season, no matter what. So why those discussions weren't happening more shows that the long-term planning of the club needs real address and needs someone, a football-focused person on the board as soon as possible. Yeah, but let's go on to the last question before we wrap up. And Ben, this is from your mate Football Kings thirteen on Twitter. <laughs> he asks, uh, "How far can this current Wales squad go in next year's final?" And he follows that up with, uh, "He tags you in it, Ben." So yep. the Ben Price has to show some positive, some positivity this week. <laughs> He's been fairly positive, Dan. I think. Would you? Yeah, I think I think as well, especially about the Wales team as well. I think we know we've spoken about it on the pod now today. 
the, the potential in that Wales squad is is stupid. It's one of the you know it's one of the most um, talented young squads in, in Europe, arguably, and uh, there's no reason why we can't go to the Euros next year and really t- start turning some heads. Um, I think we've done that in the last two two um, qualifiers against Azerbaijan and against Hungary. Um, yeah, I think I think Ben's Ben has his moments, but um, yeah, he's definitely right in saying that we can go as as far as we did in in 2016. Yeah, I view it as kind of a a, a free hit in a way because. No one expects us to win or, or go out and challenge to win it. And it's just, it's a fantastic opportunity to go out there wherever wherever we do end up, make great memories like we did in, in France for these young players to to experience a, an international tournament that will only benefit them and their development and, and have some fun and show what, what we can do. And, and what I will say about this, this Wales squad and perhaps one of the greatest compliments I can give them is I no longer worry about when Gareth Bale retires. Yeah. Which a couple definitely. of years ago, God, the thought of not having Bale and Ramsey to an extent was just terrifying. Now, you know, there's so many able players that, you know, David Brooks is missing. We had Harry Wilson on the bench. You know, there's a lot of talented players. Ravi Matondos can grow into into a good role. So, you know, it's a really exciting, uh, exciting time and, and ben, anything you'd like to to say in response to your mate, Football Kings Eleven, thirteen? Sorry, no. <laughs> no actually, um, to be honest, boys, the Euros is a free hit. It doesn't matter because we're going to win the World Cup in Qatar. So <laughs> that's the big one. And Aaron Gunnison's going to present us the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, boys, let's leave it there for this week and uh, here's hoping for three points in the first game for Neil Harris on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Perfect. Cheers, lads. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Scott.